Before we start today's episode of Zillennial Canon, we just wanted to let you know that there's a link in our description to some friends of the pod, including Adam's second podcast, Aggressively Okay, that he hosts with Joe, Back to Back, SeltzerCast, and a few others that we know you'll enjoy. Thanks for supporting us, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Everybody. Welcome back to Dakota Fanning Check. This is Zillennial Cannon. I'm Kira. And I'm Adam. Yeah, I when I was watching this the other day, I was like, I'm pretty sure that's Dakota Fanning. Um, was this like her last hurrah of like mainstream movie making before she like went on that big hiatus? Um, I mean, no, because Twilight... Oh yeah, she was in Twilight, wasn't she? This was like right after, uh, right before Twilight. Yeah. Was this like her last like movie as a child actor though? You're really gonna make me go back. Uh, yeah, back I am. Our Wikipedia page. Uh, this you is the Joe looking. Rogan podcast. You're like our that fact checker guy. Yeah, fact checker. Um, honestly, yeah. Yeah, I was having that thought like while I was uh. Uh, like after the movie ended the other day yeah and i was like if this because this movie is about childhood so this is like dakota fanning's last childhood movie it's like really poetic because she is the childhood z cannon queen yeah because um like right after this she did that superhero movie push do you remember that push push Yo, Adam. <laughs> Yo, uh, it's called Puss. Count me in. No, uh, it, yeah, Push. Uh, yeah, I and saw then, it. yeah, and then the Twilight movies, and she was in that movie, The Runaways, also with Kristen Stewart. That was like mm. a big, a big deal. Yeah, good. That's um, um, yeah, I... and then she was no longer a child actor. So, yeah, I guess technically, this was. Yeah, in Push, child role. Yeah, Push. She was like very much a teenager. I remember, mm-hmm. um, like even the character was like super teenagey. Like that was like the entire character is like I'm a superhero, but I'm a teenager. Uh, and then like Twilight, she's just like Jane. Mm-hmm. Like whatever. Um, just yeah, Jane. so just Jane. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, big yeah. news. This is very important to you. She was a voice in Lilo and Stitch 2, Stitch Has a Glitch. She was Lilo. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, probably there's something to say about that, but yeah. I'm not the guy to say it. Um, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, that, uh, canonically, my favorite movie ever uh, in pod lore, apparently, because yeah. I bring it up all the time. Yeah. Um, I was listening back to an episode. I can't remember which one it was where I just talked about that movie for like a solid five minutes. Yeah, because I don't understand your obsession with it. It's just fucking like the lore of Lilo and Stitch is just fucking cool. Like it's like X-Files, but for kids, it's cool. Mm. Like the first movie is a perfect, simple movie. 
I'm already going off about it again. You shouldn't have started. Uh, the first movie is a perfect, simple family story, and then it spawns off into X Files for kids, and it's it's amazing. I love it. And Stitch has a glitch is just like that's a cool name too. Like Stitch has a glitch. Like come on, they don't do it like that anymore. Like they don't fucking they don't. Bob Iger could never. Bob Chapek could never. <laughs> Welcome um, to Zing Cannon. We're talking Coraline. Really quick, what the fuck is this movie? Vienna and the Phantoms? Um, it's a yeah. musical romantic drama film, and it has Dakota Fanning, um, a bunch of other people, um, Caleb Landry Jones, Zoe Kravitz, and Evan Rachel Wood. Is it out, or is it like in production? Or It was released in June. Why do I, I feel like it? I don't know. It was, oh, it has a 20% on uh, the old tomato site. The old tomato, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll watch it. You know, Dakota Fanning, her her most recent, her most recent picture. She played the titular Vienna in Vienna and the Phantoms. She was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood for like a solid two seconds. Yeah, she was a pretty important character. Not really. I mean, in the canon of... Manson, yes. <laughs> well, no, but I mean, like, she wasn't in the Not movie in the, that much, in the film. <laughs> which is what I'm talking about. Yeah, but it was cool <laughs> to see her in it. Yeah, you know. yeah. Uh, I forgot that she was in Ocean's 8 also. We're just reading through Dakota Fanning's... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that is the most is the millennial thing. Yeah. The most millennial thing is Dakota Fanning's filmography. Was she in Ocean's 8? I don't even remember her in that movie. She wasn't a part Ocean's of Ocean's 8 was just every single woman in you the were world. In um, I could have been in that movie. John Dillman was in that movie. <laughs> he was the ringleader. Uh, yeah, I remember Ocean's 8. Like, even the title is a spoiler, because there's only seven of them throughout the movie. Yeah. And then the entire time, you're like, who's the eighth one? And then Anne Hathaway is like, ooh, I'm not part of the team. It's like, oh, fuck, I wonder who the eighth one will be by the end. If the title is a spoiler, just call it Ocean 7. Let the sequel be Ocean's 8. Like, come on, bro. I don't even remember what you're talking about. And Hathaway is not part of the crew until the end. Uh, so for the start of the movie, there's only seven members. Uh, so I feel like the movie would have played better if you just called it Ocean 7. And you didn't have the spoiler of knowing Anne Hathaway be the eighth member by the end. Because it's like a big reveal when it happens. But the title, if you can count, it gives it away. Because you count seven women consistently on the team. I'm not okay. Whatever. I, I, sorry I mean, for um, sorry for spoiling a three-year-old movie, guys. It's also not very good, but uh, you know, it's whatever. <laughs> so, Coraline. So, Coraline. So we announced it last week that we were gonna do this um, because I was like, we should watch a good movie mm-hmm. and stop torturing ourselves. Well, we. I mean. You know, I, I feel mean, like we, it's fun. Well, we, we can watch a bad movie. We every yeah, but in terms movie. of like being like being told by Sean in one ear to cover Spooky Buddies for Halloween, right. um, and just like the endless amounts of bad content that we could be watching, I was like, why not like watch like probably one of the best movies that we could possibly watch for 
Yeah, sure. I mean, I um, I haven't seen this movie since I was 12. Um, this was my first rewatch since 2009. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, my first rewatch ever. My first watch since 2009. Yeah. Um, I saw it. I didn't see it in theaters. I rented it from Blockbuster. Yeah. Um, I remember really liking it as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember my mom went to bed like 20 minutes into it. She couldn't mm-hmm. finish it. Um, which is oddly poetic <laughs> for this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> Keep talking. Yeah. I just remember like she went to bed uh, and I was just like sitting in the living room of our house at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was just, I, I didn't quite understand it. It almost plays out like a Ghibli movie in that way. Yeah. Um, where it's like, I don't understand everything that's happening right now, but I'm into it. Like, <laughs> and, um, yeah, like I, I, I liked it a lot as a young, at a young age. And then I went through most of my life, not having to remember it because why would you? And then, these last few years, there's been a huge Coraline resurgence online, mm-hmm. like very much so. And I've always wanted to rewatch it. I just haven't really had the time or reason to really. Um, also a little frustrating that they took it off a lot of the streaming services. So I yeah. had to like, uh, find ways to watch it today. Um, but yeah, so I, 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 I'm glad that we chose it uh, for this week because it, yeah, it was good. It was a good rewatch. Yeah, I um I have a similar story. So I chose it as like the family movie to rent at Blockbuster because I thought that it looked really cool. Mm-hmm. And um this was the movie that revoked my right to pick the family movie for a long time. We all have one of those, yeah. <laughs> because first of all, the like titties that are present in this movie second at the at the part where um the other mother starts eating bugs my little brother gagged and my mom's my mom had to turn it off and said why would you pick this movie and then wouldn't let me pick another movie for a very long time at blockbuster it's like, okay. so I had to finish it on my own. And then, like, I don't think I've watched it since. It's like, all right, pack it up, common sense media. I... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I would love to read the common sense media of this one. Oh, maybe we should make that, like, an annual thing for this pod. Because uh, yeah. that was a really good bit last week. Um, yeah. Actually, keep talking. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull it off on my phone. Okay. So, anyway, yeah. Um, so I've like been curious to revisit it um, since I got in trouble for trying to enjoy it with my family. Um, and yeah, it really holds up. It's a beautiful film. Um, I feel like, like you said, Adam, there has been a resurgence. Um, I feel like a lot of it is like based on like aesthetics and like TikTok and like that whole like alt style kind of like they sell like really cool Coraline stuff at Hot Topic now that I would consider buying like they sell like her actual hair clips there's also like a really cool thing now where um they sell like objects that exist in movies like rather than just like merch Mm -hmm. and I feel like they started doing that for like Nightmare Before Christmas like 
I bought for Sean like last year for Christmas, like the actual toys from Nightmare Before Christmas, like rather than like like dolls of the characters. It's literally like the toys that he puts under the Christmas tree and stuff. And like yeah. with Coraline, like you could just buy like her hair clips, not like hair clips with like a picture of Coraline on them. Like I think that that's really cool that like Hot Topic and stuff started doing that. But I think definitely like that and also like dressing up for like not like I guess like cosplaying like because it's like kind of a cool like cosplay or like Halloween costume to do but I feel like that definitely like started like a resurgence of it yeah I think um well actually hold on let me go back to common sense media since I brought it up. <laughs> um yeah I, I will say there's not too much on here that's like funny like it's actually a pretty decent read and fair take on the movie i think uh it says it's good for like kids nine and older which i'd probably agree with i don't know if i would show this to a kid under nine yeah uh, i mean it depends on the kid i guess but in most cases i can't imagine because this movie is pretty creepy actually mm-hmm. um yeah the, the the entire description is just cool but creepy animated fantasy too scary for young kids uh uh but i like the what do you call it, the talk to your kids about section because mm-hmm. I like, yeah, what, what do these people think that we can talk to the kids about for this movie? Like, what, what am I going to tell the kids about Thor Ragnarok and what can they talk about? Like, a consumerism <laughs> when you see Hulk's big ass. Um, but yeah, it says families can talk about Coraline's theme of wishing for a different, better life. Kids, do you ever feel like Coraline? What about her parents? Made her initially prefer the other mother and father. How do both Coraline and her parents change over the course of the movie? you think this movie is meant for little kids or is it too scary? How do the characters in Coraline demonstrate self-control and gratitude? Why are these important character strengths to have? So, yeah. I mean, like, they they got it. That's valid. Yeah. That's valid. <laughs> it, I, I brought it up as a bit, but it's actually a pretty fair read. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That, uh... This movie is really interesting. Because um, mm-hmm. I think when I, when I mentioned like my memories with it in the rewatch, I maybe undersold how much I really liked this rewatch. Um, I was kind of blown away with it um, because I think every Laika movie um, has this like really unique quality to each, like each one feels like it's so different than the other one. Like Kubo is so different than Paranorman, which is different to this, you know? Um, and I think there's been a lot of like uh, Ghibli comparisons mm-hmm. to like Laika. Which is, like, fair. Even I did it earlier. But th- there's also something about them that are, like, they're their own thing, too. I just think yeah. they... It's hard to, like, muster up that, like, um, that... What do you call it? That reputation when you only do so many movies every so often. Uh, which is not their fault, because that's just the art of stop motion. Um, but I think this... I'd probably still put, like, Kubo... That was my favorite because that movie is just incredible. Um, but rewatching this, I truly forgot how great it is um, and how much it entirely went over my head as a kid, like what it's about. Because um, as a kid, I liked the creepy imagery. You know, I've been on the pod before saying how much I love horror. Uh, it started as, at a young age, all this stuff. But um, you know, watching it now, I just appreciated it for a multitude of reasons. Like, yeah, it, it's beautifully scary, and the imagery is just 
haunting and beautiful and everything all at once. But it has like actual genuine themes to not just like talk about, like not just surface level themes. Mm. There are themes to like genuinely dissect in this movie that like blossom into other themes. And each character represents something like like each character represents like a whole deeper core message and this isn't like a movie that's just about like one thing like it's a like grief or trauma or like uh this or that like it's about pretty much the multitudes of childhood all in one movie yeah and it it's kind of amazing <laughs> it's kind of a perfect movie like i i had very little issues with it really yeah, I I really can't think of any issues that I would have either. It's um it's like I think the whole beginning of the movie too is like whenever there's like scenes where kids are just like exploring. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like this is probably like the most realistic portrayal of just like a child exploring. Yeah. Um I don't really know how to describe it, but like I don't know, like, I just feel like it understands the mindset of children so yeah. much more than any other movie I've ever seen. I, I I saw a take for this movie that, like, really stuck with me, um, where it was, like, so many movies about childhood, like, try to show you and remind you the wonder of childhood, mm-hmm. like, the, the beauty of it, the... Uh, but, but this, like, really focuses on the mundane... Mm-hmm. Upshotter, like the consistent displeasure and the consistent like um longing to grow up longing to be heard longing yeah. like it, it and just like I, disappointment yeah over like small things like gloves or like what you're eating for dinner or something yeah there's like a very midwestern feel to this movie that um i think is like really unique and like there's just a dreariness to it, but not like in a Tim Burton kind of way. Well, it's like more a, like it's like Pacific Northwest. Yeah, yeah, Tim Burton. Yeah. Better, yeah. Um, the only other movie. It's like Twilight. Like, sorry. <laughs> um, the only other movie that I could compare this to that was made for kids, and it might seem like a weird comparison at first, but stick with me. Um, it's Spike Jones is where the wild things are. Mm-hmm. where that movie is just like really it just show i mean max in that movie is like way more um you know outspoken and loud than Coraline is but mm-hmm. there is something like between the two and ironically but they both came out the same year yeah. um about, about how, like escapism escapism but also just like how again like the displeasure of like childhood and like how nothing really feels good enough and mm-hmm. That's kind of not anyone's fault. Like, it's not the parents' fault. It's not the kids' fault. It's not. Yeah. It's just life. And Yeah. I, it's just, I, like, experiencing these things for the first time. Yeah. It's like, you don't know what to expect, but you're disappointed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly that. Like, it's... And, and that's what I love about this movie. It doesn't, like, really end on a note where it's, like, love your parents, respect your parents. Or it's not... But it's not telling you anything negative either it's like literally just telling you that's life baby like <laughs> you know <laughs> just ends with like a freeze frame of Coraline's face and like that's life by Frank Sinatra for 
Um, yeah, she uh, danced down the Joker stairs at one point. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I think this movie is super unique in the way it presents childhood. Um, I think this would be like an excellent double feature with um, that stop motion movie that came out a few years ago. Um, My Life is a Zucchini. Um, have you seen that? No. Uh, just a brilliant, brilliant movie. Like literally one of my favorites of all time. Um, and both are just like really delicate stop motion portrayals of like childhood and like the sadness of it. Mm-hmm. And, but also like, I just love, I, I mean, I don't even know where to fucking start with this movie because there's so much to unpack. Um, have you read into like the bug theory of this movie? Like, no. Um, like the emphasis on bugs and no. okay. Uh, like even so there's so many bugs in this movie like in, mm-hmm. both in the um what do they call it like the world that she goes to with the other mother uh is there a name for it um i don't remember we do research here on the pod guys the, um the mom is the beldum yeah yeah um well yeah i don't know if there's a name for the other world but um so that's what i'll call it the other world it's just described as parallel universe right so there's a lot of like bugs there like she sits on my there's like a lot of like the dad rides the grasshopper she mm-hmm. which is like bugs. cool as fuck um uh when it's revealed like what the other mother's actually eating it's like bugs uh mm-hmm. um when Coraline takes take a shower for the first time bugs are infesting it uh even in the real world her mom the only car in the movie is a, a bug a, mm-hmm. a wagon bug um and the bug theory is essentially that every um like the the bedlam, the mother, she is a spider. She represents a spider. Mm-hmm. Um, even the well, imagery she has, of like, her, spider legs in the end. Um, and it's like basically every kid that she's ever taken or um, fed off of mm-hmm. is a representation of like all the other bugs in the ecosystem and how they feed off of uh, you know, or how they're fed off of for the spider. Mm-hmm. and but it's like this big bigger allegory about like how like nature and like how it's in your nature like to want more and mm-hmm. to be lured in with like temptation and um how it's also not the bedlam's fault because that's just all that they know mm-hmm. is to lure and manipulate and yeah it's just a beautiful movie about like so many different things and I think, you know, that whole bug theory just really goes to, like, yeah, Coraline is just such a fascinating character because she doesn't know better. But, like, mm-hmm. why would she, you know? Yeah. It never, like, makes her try to learn a deeper lesson. I mean, like, she does, but it's not like saying, like, oh, like, it's not like dangling the carrot in front of her. It's like, you have to learn this lesson to overcome anything. It's just, like she just does the right thing. She slowly appreciates things for what they actually are and not just, like... Dopa doesn't really, like, change a lot as a character. Yeah. It's mostly just, like, her outlook a little bit that changes. Yeah, and I, like, I love movies like that. Um, And this one just fits that mold, like, perfectly. Mm -hmm. Um, And... I like I don't know like there's like another part of it that I really liked it's like I mentioned earlier like the dreariness mm-hmm. 
of the real world. Um, it, like, it's still beautiful, like, the way it's animated, but it's almost, like, unpleasant to, like, be, like, watching it because it's just so dreary. So the, the colors of the, uh, the parallel world are, like, because, like, it, it's all trying to, like, lure her in and make her not want to leave. And then you as a viewer, you also don't want to leave. So, yeah. like, you understand, like, innately, as soon as she gets there, why she wants to keep going back. Because you're, as an audience member, so into the visual style of that world. Like, maybe I'm overthinking it, but, like... No, I, shit, I agree, cool. definitely. Yeah. It's, like, I... Especially, like, the garden scene, like, when she first goes into, like, the new... um like the alternate universe and like I love the thing with her dad and like the grasshopper I think that's like it's like so cute yeah like everything starts out like so cute and wholesome and like um literally just like top 10 moments before disaster well it's like it's funny because like it, it, it is really cute but like um even like little things the dad says though or like trying to like or the other father mm-hmm. um are like trying to like like warn her about what's happening which i find interesting like in the song that he's uh singing at the beginning there's like lyrics like telling her to turn back now Mm -hmm. um it's like oh shit like (laughs) it's it's very like subtle but it 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 plays like super creepy if you're like listening to the song and like um even like that i mean that scene that you're talking about with the garden is like beautiful Mm -hmm. um but there is like a creepiness to it almost too where it's like just her, like, they'll try anything to lure her in. Um, and even, like, I don't know, like, the dinner scene where it's, like, literally anything she can imagine she can have. It's just, like, that just goes to the notion, like, it's great. Like, and, and I, it's, like, ideal to, like, want all these things. But, like, the practicality and, like, the, it's never fulfilling. It's never actually meaningful to you. Like, the instant gratification of getting something immediately. Um, And that's just, I don't know, it's super interesting. Yeah. um, I think also it's, like, the lessons that she really learns are just, like, I don't know. I think the the saddest part that, like, kind of teaches her a lesson is how... um, YB like doesn't speak in the alternate universe yeah I so like for the first like 10 minutes or whatever like when he when she first meets YB Mm -hmm. I was kind of like do I like Coraline because like (laughs) so fucking mean to this kid who's like adorable it's Like, like that twitter thread that like went around like um where it was like is Lilo from Lilo and Stitch problematic (laughs) (laughs) literally the worst day on twitter well, Coraline is a neurodivergent and a minor, so... Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean... You maybe. could read it through that. <laughs> uh, no, but, like, she was just, like, so... Like, she literally said, why be? More like, like, why born? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, kid. Like, he just wants to show you bugs. Like, whatever, <laughs> dude. Like... <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, that scene where he comes in and it's so sad because like even like other YB is like trying to help her mm-hmm. but can't because she can't communicate and like even that um scene where they're outside and they're starting to communicate and she's like trying she's starting to like realize like things are off 
Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot like what she is it like a shooting star or like a blimp or something that flies over the house. Um, like the other mother sends it immediately. Like the second Coraline starts to question the parallel mm-hmm. universe, something flies over the sky and like makes the or the thing that flies into the house basically, and her and YB run up to the the top of the house. It's like every time Coraline starts to get close to like suspecting something, she just like manipulates her further. Mm-hmm. And it's I don't know, it's just so creepy. I love it. It's gaslighting. Literally gaslighting. Uh this is where um this is where uh the girls got the word gaslighting from is because they watched Coraline too many times. Um yeah, Coraline's mom is literally gatekeeping the parallel universe from her. Um No, she's doing the opposite of gatekeeping. She is fully opening the gate for her to enter the parallel universe. No, like not the other mother, the uh Oh yeah. The main mother. Yeah. When she like basically like tells her no. Uh, whatever. Um. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to really quick take a break for a word from some of our sponsors. Thanks, guys. Hey, friends. Do you love movies? The good ones? Even the bad ones everyone told you not to like? Of course you do. That's why you listen to this podcast. It sounds like Super Yaki is the place for you. The team at Super Yaki loves movies, so much that they've dedicated every waking moment of their life to bringing you top quality merchandise to showcase your love for them. From super soft t-shirts celebrating the 20th anniversary of the cinematic masterpiece Josie and the Pussycats, Zillennial Canon Award winner, I'll add that, to comfy sweatshirts made for the brave members of the Movies By Yourself Club. They even have pins of some of your favorite directors, like Sofia Coppola and Jordan Peele. Super Yaki joyously brings you tangible love letters to movies and filmmakers that you can wear with pride. Plus, the team at Super Yaki screen prints all their apparel using eco-friendly, 100% water-based inks, and ships with compostable poly mailers for an environmentally friendly alternative to online shopping. As a special gift to you, because we love you and appreciate you, Listeners can save 10% on their next order with code SUPERZILLENNIAL in all caps with no spaces at checkout. If the spirit moves you, find them at superyaki.com. Thank you so much, Superyaki, for sponsoring this episode. Let's watch more movies, guys. But, like, you said the the saddest scene for you is, like, with uh, when YB uh, can't talk. Um, Mm -hmm. The saddest scene for me... And it's just like a little moment, but when she um she gets in bed with her the fake parents and like mm-hmm. the one she made uh, with the like the little buttons and stuff, and then she like cuddles them and like falls asleep there. Like that was it was a small moment, but it, that kind of like sums up kind of the entire movie for me. Like it's just like yeah, like the parents at the beginning, I wouldn't say they're neglectful. They're not like they're literally providing for her. They're like. They're they're just busy. They just moved into a new house. They have bills to pay. It's the middle of a work day. They're working mm-hmm. from home. They can't entertain the kid. And they also trust her. And they're like, hey, you like I'm not saying they're perfect, but um like real parents, they make mistakes. They're not always attentive. That's literally physically impossible to do. Yeah. And it's like in that moment that I'm talking about that's super sad with um uh her like hugging them in bed it's 
you know, there's so many moments before that, like little moments where you can see that Coraline really loves her parents and her parents really love her. Like all the dad jokes that Coraline's dad like does and Coraline hates it in the moment. But like later you can see that she misses it. Like she misses her dad. She misses her mom. Like even though her mom and her have like a weird relationship, like anyone does at that age. um, She also misses her guidance, you know, Um, because at the end of the day, her mom understands her better than anyone else. And it's just, again, there's just so much to take away from it. And yeah, I think that little little moment in the bed that kind of sums up the entire thing for me. Yeah. There are also like little details in her character design, like um, just like, like there would be like little moments where it's like, oh, she has like chipped like blue nail polish on and stuff and like just like little tiny details that I'm like, I feel like this just captures like boredom and childhood and like being just like some kid like I don't like yeah um yeah and like the way that she moves and um yeah I don't know she just she yeah she feels like a real kid like I don't know how else to describe it no she feels completely real because like um I feel like a lot of kids movies try to present like their main characters or even the kids around them is like they all have like a distinctive like quirk to them mm-hmm. like they have like a quirk or like a personality trait that is like um just like well known from the get even like physically mm-hmm. um and like yeah like Coraline has like the blue hair and like that sums up a lot of her character but like I uh, there's also a part of it where it's like she's like literally just a little girl like she's just a child like she's mm-hmm she's feeling all these emotions and she doesn't have a hold on them because like, why would she, she's like so young. And I think, you know, this movie and like things I mentioned, like zucchini, like I love movies that don't try to present kids as like having it figured out. And they don't have kids like try to learn like this massive lesson. It's just like day by day type shit. And that's really the, cause like the thing is you don't, figure anything out as a kid i don't think yeah you really don't even figure anything out ever low-key exactly <laughs> i i think you just and that's kind of the point of the movie i think is you just kind of get used to it and that's there's a sadness to that um but there can also be beauty in the day-by-dayness of it all and if you surround yourself with the right people and i like the note that the movie not to jump all the way to the fucking end but <laughs> i like the note that it leaves off on where it's like it's not perfect like nothing's ever going to be completely satisfying or perfect or like your ideal because like her in her imagination that's what the parallel universe represents like whatever Coraline wants is projected there so yeah. like whatever is in her imagination her subconscious of what she thinks an ideal world is is never going to be obtainable and that goes to everybody watching or listening, you know? Um, so, yeah, at the end, like, where, you know, the garden is, like, finally starting to, like, bloom. And it's, like, actually colorful. It's still dreary, but it's a little bit more colorful. And that's just fucking life, man. <laughs> like, that's, that's beautiful. Yeah, I think also just, like, the interesting, like, 
mishmash of like people that live in her building. Yeah. Um, and I think also like how like the mom thinks that they're all like weird or something. And in the end, Coraline's like, he's not a drunk. Like he just like, I don't know. He's just like kind of strange. It's like very, um, not like realistic, but yeah, it's like a very good, not even like a lesson. Like, I don't even know what I'm trying to say of like, it's a good idea to like, I don't want to say like, like, interact with weird people in your apartment building that's not like a good idea to plan like um to be more like open-minded and stuff and um i don't know what i'm trying to say well sometimes people that are eccentric are neither dangerous nor fascinating sometimes they're just that like yeah just very um, normal (laughs) yeah exactly like there's a from the outside perspective there is a uh, like, especially like the 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 two actresses that uh, uh like it's such a Had weird a big movie. Movie, yeah. Well, that, but also the uh, the stuffing of the dogs and yeah, like, all yeah. that stuff, and it's like, yeah, this is fucking weird. But like, the more you get to know them, you're like, oh, it's like they're literally just sad, like, <laughs> yeah. And that's like every character in this movie. Like, there's an innate sadness to like literally every character. Yeah, they're just kind of bored and sad. Yeah, but, like, not so much. Like, just, like, enough. Like, literally every human being is. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I, like, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, um, another thing I really liked, um, and I honestly I had to, like, look into it a little bit more after it ended because I wasn't sure if I fully got it. Mm-hmm. But everything, like, with YB's grandma and, like, um, the idea that her sister was one of the kids... Um, yeah what the bedlam um because i was kind of confused by that at first i'm like oh like because it's not like it's not like a huge plot point even though it kind of sets itself yeah it's just kind of like brought up yeah right because i didn't know if i missed something i was like oh because it even ends on that like that's the last line of dialogue is like uh, she like wants to meet his grandma yeah and i'm like oh that's interesting um but yeah i thought that was like really fascinating how like um like i think if i had to read on it it's like something about like generational kind of stuff like a generational Mm -hmm. sadness um you know the the sense of longing is something that's present in your grandparents your parents it's present in everybody like you just get older and you get used to stuff and you know it goes back as far as yb's grandma and her sister was lured in by the bedlam uh and yeah i just i think that's that's really interesting yeah it's definitely um it's also interesting that we only see the grandma like once right i'm pretty well um why do like every time like they hang out um but yeah you don't see her until the very end if i'm mistaken yeah and i mean i think it's I don't know. Like, I don't know if there's like, a deeper meaning to it other than just, like, generational stuff. and like. It's also, like, I feel like you could kind of, um, like, consider the fact that, like, Coraline's conflicts are, like, with her parents mostly. Yeah. And how she just wants to, like, get out and, like, be independent or whatever. 
And YB's like, my grandma says, like, do not go in there, like, whatever. Yeah. And Coraline's like, whatever. Like, um, I think that that's really interesting, too, because it's like, do we ever find out, like, where YB's parents are? Um, no, I, I don't think so, at least. I think it's just, like, one of those, which I'm actually okay with that. Like, I like the idea that, like, there's just kids like that in movies where no, yes, they just, like, live with a grandma or oh, not. Like, uh, not to relate, like, everything to, like, a Spider-Man thing, but, like, something I, like, love in a lot of Spider-Man stuff is, like, you don't really know about his parents. Like, to him, his mom is Aunt May. Like, his dad yeah. is Uncle Ben. Like, I like that. I know that's not what you're... I'm not saying that's what you're saying, but I... No, yeah, but, like... I like the trend. I get, yeah, yeah, to kind of, like, normalize that also for, yeah. for kids to see. Yeah, and I, I think it's completely... It is normal, and... Uh, yeah, so, like, with Wyvie... He also, like, talks about his grandma in, like, such a loving way like he's kind of mm-hmm. he's like he like treats his grandma like a source of knowledge like she yeah. says this um she knows this like um so really like even though she's not in the movie much like when she shows up you're like oh because like literally everything that Coraline learns is kind of like vicariously through what YB says that's from his grandma um so, like, that's what I'm talking about like, with the generational thing. It's, like, it's interesting how that plays into it. Yeah. I yeah. think it's, like, not really, like, trying to, like, teach her a lesson, like, yeah, um, to, like, respect your elders or whatever. Like, I don't know. But, um, yeah. I don't know it what is... I'm trying to say. It's just, like, an interesting dynamic, like, between YB's, like, care and, like, respect for his, like, caregiver and, like, hers. Yeah, I think it's a very, like, almost ladybird-type beat, where it's, like, not <laughs> Lady so much... Ladybird-type beat. Yeah. <laughs> but it's almost, like, uh, it's not so much about... Because I don't think the message of, like, Ladybird is, like, respect your mom. It's just, like, give her a call once in a while. It's, like, you know, I think there's just humanity, and there's reason, and there's nuance behind everything. And it's not quite what your perception is especially Mm -hmm. at adolescence and i think that's just the moral of the story is like it's not you're not going to have everything figured out at a young age and you're not going to understand everybody or everything ever and that's okay you don't really have to yeah exactly like that's the point that's life that's That's life (laughs) joker um but yeah no i i agree like that's it's not the message and i it's better for it yeah, uh, I think that sense. could it could also be why um, this movie kind of had a resurgence and also like I feel like that's why a lot of like Ghibli movies um, not I mean they've always they never really went away but like why a lot of people are kind of like flocking to them because I hadn't watched like um, like a lot of the Ghibli movies since I was like really young Mm-hmm. Um, and like obviously I haven't seen this since the incident with Blockbuster Um, but I think it's interesting to see movies that portray coming of age so well Yeah. that like in our quarter life crises that we are facing right now it's like we really identify with them Um, like 
similarly, like last year, I watched Kiki's delivery service for the first time since like I was like a child, like very yeah. young. And I was just like, wow, she is literally me. <laughs> yeah. Like it just has such good messages to say about like work and like burnout and like putting value in like your yeah. labor and stuff. And like I think especially movies like this it's like if we still identify with them like if they still hold up this well like clearly they did something right and like yeah if a coming of age movie can stick with you at any point in your life I think that makes a good coming of age movie I no I I I agree if we're gonna like animation like yeah Kiki's is like uh I actually saw it for the first time over the pandemic like ever yeah, I think uh, it's one of my favorite movies, honestly, of all time. Um, yeah, I was uh, ironically that you brought that up. I was making a letterbox list because I've never done this before, mm. of like my all-time favorite movies, um, and I added it tonight because I think it is. I, like, I gave it like a five out of five. It's pretty mm. perfect. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. Uh, yeah. Have you ever like, seen um? Have you ever seen Porco Rosso? I did. Um, I fucking love that movie. I've only seen two. Uh, Ghibli movies in theaters before and that was one of them um I don't love it like everyone else does um I like it a lot I think it's like really neat um Mm -hmm. especially like I don't know like the the reads on it are like pretty fascinating I just don't like hold it at to a regard like I do like Princess Mononoke or like Kiki's Mm -hmm. wait have you seen The Wind Rises yeah it's um, that too oh my god so fucking good literally Um, Watching that during a pandemic hits different. <laughs> that, um, there's, like, a shot. Um, like, let me have the Twitter account for one final shot, or, like, one perfect shot or whatever, because... Yeah. Um, but that shot where his, like, wife is, like, sick in bed, and he's, like, drawing the plans, but they just, like, she reaches out to hold She's his like hand. She's, like, holding his hand while he yeah. works, yeah. Like, that shot, like, sticks with me. every Like, anytime I think about that movie, I think about that shot. Sometimes um, I listen to the score and just, like, cry. Oh, yeah, the score is amazing. Um, yeah, I didn't really... I mean, I've seen... Obviously, I've seen Ghibli movies before. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I saw Totoro at a pretty young age. Uh, Pals from the Castle, I saw super young, and I still don't get it, actually. Um, <laughs> Spirited Away, I saw pretty young, too. Um, but HBO Max is a... Yeah, sponsored by HBO Max. Yeah, uh, that definitely uh, changed the game a little bit. Yeah. I'm not I, gonna lie. Low-key watched, like, every Ghibli movie. Um, um, But I saw Spirited Away in theaters, um, like, what, four weeks ago, three weeks ago? Um, Oh, cool. uh, When I saw Titan um, at AMC, because I made the drive over to, like, an AMC that's 20 minutes away from me. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, if I'm going to, like, make the drive, I'm going to see, like, more than one movie. And they just happened to be playing Spirited Away right after that showtime. And I was like, yeah, let's do that. And, um damn on the big screen it just it's really good (laughs) it's really really fucking good um probably one of the sorry i was gonna say i I got worried when i was sitting in there because like this dad like brought in children Mm -hmm. and i was kind of like oh fuck like (laughs) (laughs) um but they were like so quiet during the movie uh like there's a one part where like the girl just went like that's pretty um but like i was like really delighted by it and at the end um I'm pretty sure the like the younger boy like fell asleep, but the little girl like seemed really into it. That's um, so. Cool. And it, 
Yeah, it made me very happy. I really like that. Uh, yeah, but yeah sorry, I, I also have a story about children. Um, oh, I hope so. What? I, I hope so. Um. <laughs> I, um, I went to go see Totoro at um, Metrograph in the city. Like, they were doing, like, 35-millimeter, um, like, matinees on Saturdays for kids. Like, for kids. Like, just, like, family-friendly films. And it was um, subtitled. Like, it wasn't dubbed. Mm-hmm. And Sean and I went, and it was, like, so early on a Saturday. It was, like, 10 a.m., and the theater was like all children and the entire time they were just like some of them were like pointing to the screen and they were like Totoro Mm -hmm. and they were just like laughing and like clapping and then like halfway through I realized I'm like they have no idea what these people are saying like they were babies like they couldn't read subtitles they were just like having the time of their life honestly that's pretty epic um like this is one of the best movie going experiences <laughs> Totoro <laughs> like literally every time he's on screen Totoro yeah, that's, um, that's happening. um yeah I that, that's a that's why I want to I think it's playing in theaters again in December um just like because of like the Ghibli fest that's consistently going yeah yeah because um uh, my my AMC is like right near like it's right near a college that has like for some reason like a big population of like I guess because it has like a big like computer science program like there's like a big population of like freaks right <laughs> like to put it nicely um and I highly respect them freaks but I respect them you know, you know what I'm talking about. Um, the anime kids, you know. I mean, now I mean, that it's, like, hip to, like, anime or whatever, but, like... Yeah. I, I kind of wish I was, like, an anime guy. Um, same. Because, like, first of all, they're, they're, like, the coolest motherfuckers on Tinder and Twitter. Like, like I wish I could just pull up, like, an anime icon or something. Like, <laughs> do you know how many... I might get into it, but yeah. Uh, but like, yeah, I, I, I think I appreciate anime more than I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, because like, there's been a few animes that I've tried. Like, I'm talking about the series. Like, I've tried to get into it, but I just, I, I can't do it. And I know it's like a me thing. It's not a, the the thing itself, you know. Because mm-hmm. like, I'm watching it. I'm like, this is like super well done. Um, mm-hmm. It's just usually I, I'm a guy that. And I know I'm wrong for this, but like I, I just love understated shit so much. Like I love mm-hmm. stuff that's like subtle and like non-shouting. Like I think that's why when that Twitter uh, video went around of like the art of acting and it's just like men screaming for two minutes. Oh my god! Yeah. Um, <laughs> that literally broke my brain and not in a good way. Yeah. So much of anime is like turned up to an eleven. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Like there's an art form and it's its own thing, and that's beautiful and cool and awesome. And, yeah, but I I just can't take the story completely seriously when everyone's always shouting at each other. Um, I saw um I saw the movie Your Name, and it was really good. I think yeah. you might like it. No, I've seen it. It's great. Oh yeah, I yeah. like it a lot. Again, when but, I'm talking um, about anime, I'm mostly talking about like shows. Yeah. Like, I watched um, Demon Slayer because that was like a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's really entertaining. It's like 
su super cool. And it still had like aspects of what I was talking about where it's like, at, like literally every emotion on a scale of one to 10 is at 11 consistently. Mm -hmm. And I think it kind of grading to me <laughs> just because I, I, it's just not my kind of vibe, you know, it's not mm -hmm. what I'm into, but um, on the flip side, some of the animation is just oh, it's so good, man. It's like, it's really cool shit. Um, but yeah, like Ghibli stuff and stuff like your name, um, which I mean, just the story of that is like, so I, I, I don't want to say dense cause it, it's understandable, but like mm -hmm. there's like more to it. <laughs> like there's, there, there's actual stuff to dissect in that movie, and it, it's a cool movie. Um, yeah, I just uh, like randomly went to see it at a drive-in because I was just like, I've heard this is good. Yeah, and I think I like had a free ticket to the drive-in, so I was like, let's go see this. Um, um, unfortunately, the free ticket was because um, our double feature of Singing in the Rain and Magic Mike XXL was canceled. <laughs> It's a really good double feature. Um, I know. <laughs> Most devastating <laughs> loss of my whole entire life. I still think um, seeing Magic Mike XXL in theaters when I was like, how old was I, 17 at the time? Mm -hmm. um, I was pretty, like, stoned. I remember I was on vacation, mm -hmm. like, at the at Daytona Beach. And I was, like, super stoned. I took, like, an edible before. And I just, like, went to, like, the local theater there to go see it. Um and I it's like, like one of the some first movies some movies you just have to see in florida yeah that's one of them because <laughs> i <laughs> uh, i don't know like, it just i remember just like the the magic of like being stoned but also like i, I can't really describe it but like when you're out of a hotel pool and the way mm -hmm. you feel the rest of the day yeah like that feeling plus being stoned and like having popcorn and soda and like having I was with my girlfriend at the time too. Like mm -hmm. just like that, that the whole vibe of that, and we were like in an empty empty theater too. Yeah, and it just I mean everything. And like that night, that's one of my favorite movies of all time. Like Loki. <laughs> like I love that movie so much. I uh, I saw Logan Loki in Florida. <laughs> I feel that's like that's favorite. like the most perfect movie to go see in Florida. Yeah, I saw Zola this year too. That was a good one for Florida. Mm -hmm. Um. I mean, you see uh, every every movie in Florida. Technically. Yeah, uh, famously. Um, I think, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, seeing Florida Project in theaters, like maybe 20 minutes away from where it happens, is like, it's pretty magical. Um, seeing Hoot back in the day. Yeah, that Hoot, was, absolutely. Probably your number one. That was a cultural reset if I've ever had one. Um, yeah, I mean... That's yeah. what I felt when I watched Good Time and he like sped down the highway and I'm like, whoa, where's he going? And he pulled into like my local like dumpy amusement park. Literally me when uh, cousin Greg was in the public's parking lot in Zola. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. <laughs> that movie made me like, should I watch Succession? And then I just didn't watch Succession. You would love Succession. I know. My um, parents started it tonight and they were hooting and hollering. <laughs> Fucking me every week, dude. I <laughs> hollering. Uh, just like but, screaming at the TV. Yeah. Last thing I'll mention before I try to transition back to Coraline. But uh <laughs> um yeah, there's something about like Florida core that is mm -hmm. just so funny and like 
I don't know, like, even, like, a lot of A24 movies are, like, I know we get, there's, like, a lot of, like, jokes about A24, and, like, yeah, I get it. Like, I, I think I hated Lamb even more because the marketing for it was so obnoxious. And, like, the movie sucked. Like, it's a bad movie. Like, just poorly made and stupid. And, like, every horror movie has to be about something. Um, but, like, uh, whatever. But, like, that being said, every movie that they acquire that's Floridian is, like, mm-hmm. so well-versed in Florida core. Mm-hmm. And I have to respect it. Like, Moonlight, Florida Project, um, Zola, uh, Waves, even. Waves is super Florida. Like, that movie, for all its issues, and it has plenty, um, understands Florida, like, super well. Um, They really do have a whole Florida canon, huh? They do. They really fucking do. There's probably even more than I didn't mention. Um, uh, Spring Breakers. (laughs) Spring Breakers, yeah. I've been... There's uh, a scene uh, on a highway in that movie where they're in Tampa. Mm. And that's, like, literally the highway next to Bush Gardens. And I, like, always... I, like, I just... I knew where they were when mm-hmm. I was sitting in the theater for it. Um, uh, but Waves, too. Like, there's so many scenes of that movie where they, like, go to, like, a, um, a springs or, like, they go to a beach. And I'm like, oh, I've, like, literally been there, like, 20 times. And it's, like, surreal. Like... Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, Florida's bad, but also kind of cool. <laughs> That's the moral of the story. <laughs> and honestly, let's let's get a version of Coraline, but like set in Florida. No, literally, about, like... I was just gonna say that. What would this movie be like <laughs> if it were set in Florida? Dude, I I, I was gonna say like I, I don't want to like talk too much about it, but I kind of have been like writing something. Mm-hmm. that's along those lines sort of kind of nice a little bit uh uh and i think that's like untapped potential like because there's not i mean uh, the only real filmmaker that i can think of that's like a florida native is barry jenkins because he's mm-hmm. like and he's proud of it too like because I, I was listening to his mark Marin episode mm-hmm. uh, he went on for um the underground railroad a few months ago but i'm I'm just so behind on Marin that I'm like, mm-hmm. behind. Um, but I listened the other day to that one. And uh, Marin, I think he was like talking about like something DeSantis, our governor, did. Mm-hmm. And uh, he brought it up. And then Jenkins was like, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it, it's consistently fucked up over there. But he said there's also like a beauty. And I probably wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now if it wasn't for like the people there and like what yeah. I learned. Well, it's all like, like the whole thing. Yeah. Like right now of sorry, you can keep oh, yeah. romanticizing for it. Oh, I just was gonna say, um, um, I mean that's the whole that's the whole beat. Like it's like, yeah, it's fun to like joke about Florida, how terrible Florida is, which it's it's pretty bad sometimes. But, um, you know, there's also a part of it where there is legitimately good people here, and there is like a low key beauty to it too. So yeah, yeah. Well, it's, like, the whole thing, especially not to get, like, um, real-world newsy um, and, like, bleak, but, like, the whole thing of, like, where people, like, politicians will, like, implement, like, terrible, like, policies and stuff, Mm -hmm. and people from, like, cities on Twitter will be like, oh, yeah, just, like, abandon Florida, like, abandon Texas. 
And it's like, no, there are actually people like living there <laughs> that like have lives and like can need help or are just like minding their own business and like trying to like have a life just like everybody else. Like, yeah, I mean, I think people would be surprised because I feel like that. Um, and I'm, I'm not like salty about it because it's like it's funny sometimes, but like, I, uh, you know, that kind of discourse mostly comes from people that have never been here or if they were they can be like some whatever fucking town like where it is scary <laughs> you know um because like trust me i there's certain areas in orlando that are like fucking terrifying and it's because it's a lot of like far right people that are just like yeah assholes like no matter what shop you enter it's just like weirdos but um you know, for the most part, Orlando as a whole is, like, such a cool city. Um, mm -hmm. Especially if you go to, like, downtown or, like, the Mills District or, like, whatever. Um, there's a lot of art. There's a lot of, like, just really interesting, like, architecture and, like, really cool shit. Like, even outside the tourist district, it's just, like, there's a lot of really good shit there. And the fact that Florida as a whole is represented just by, like, you know, crazy shit is... Yeah. Like, I get it. Like, I understand it. But there's a deeper picture, a deeper beauty. There's a deeper... Um, there's a deeper everything uh, there. And I guess that's yeah. you know, tied into Coraline low-key, but... Uh, I mean, there's, like, life everywhere and people everywhere. And I think, like, especially in, like, disasters and stuff, um, like, I remember specifically, like, when there was, like, that big snowstorm in Texas and people were, like, oh, well, that's, like, their punishment for, like, voting, like, Republican or whatever. Yeah. And it's, like, um, I don't even remember where I'm going with this, but... Very cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's just something that frustrates me, is um, no, when agree. people write off a whole thing when people are just trying to live there... Um, yeah, I mean, because yeah. even, I mean, like, last uh, election cycle, like, it was still pretty close, like, the like, it almost flipped. Um, yeah. I mean, trust me, like, for, if you guys think you guys are frustrated in other states with Florida politics, try fucking living here uh, <laughs> as a like-minded person. And um, then you can comment and say, like, we, could, we should, like, saw Florida off. Like, no, like, come live here for a year. Like, like not to be like you know walk in my shoes but like low-key like walk in my fucking crocs bro like <laughs> <laughs> now that's florida culture that's wearing crocs and basketball shorts and i learned a magic t-shirt to your local public so you can get a good tinder sub um on a like 85 degree day because you're too mm -hmm. fucking sweaty to cook that's florida core I should just, like, move to Florida, shouldn't I? This is what I've been saying since, like, the conception of our friendship. Um, I, <laughs> I'm, i like, the other mother. I'm, like, luring you down to Florida. True. <laughs> just, I mean, come on, bro. Like, you didn't turn into a Disney adult for nothing. Like, it's it has to be for this. <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll discuss. I've killed Kira. She's she's dead. Dead in Miami. 
<laughs> care about that in Miami. <laughs> no money, no families. <laughs> That's my like alternate universe, like my Coraline situation. No money, no family. Care found dead in Miami. <laughs> Literally, um, it's the who killed Laura Palmer, but it's just you and like a Disney hat. Um, oh my god! <laughs> Don't even speak that into existence. <laughs> um. Yeah, so, I mean, I find it, I like that we went off on a tangent, but it feels, like, weirdly about the themes of this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> longing for... I can't explain why, but it, it is. <laughs> I, I feel like if you made it this far and you heard the whole conversation, you know what we're talking about. Like, there, Yeah, you know. It's there. Vibes, yeah. yeah. Vibes about longing and being a little bit dissatisfied, but having to find the beauty in your situation and place and living and all that good stuff. It's... Um, yeah, yeah it, it, this movie fucking rules, dude. It's so good. Um, I was I was thinking this earlier when you were talking. Uh, I if I ever have a daughter, I mean, if I have a kid, period. But like, especially a daughter, I would love for her to watch this movie. Like, this is like yeah. a show your kid this movie. Movie. Like, um, I have that feeling a lot when I'm watching like a really good movie for kids. Um, but I I thought about it quite often during this one yeah I think definitely it's like it's also something that I think would be good to kind of like introduce kids to horror like similar to how I feel about Monster House Mm -hmm. where it is horror but it isn't like blood and gore Um, so you don't really have to have that conversation yet (laughs) This one got me a few points. I mean, I didn't like scare me, scare me, but like it, it, it was creepy. Like there yeah. were genuine unsettling imagery in this movie and that like kind of shocked me. I was like, oh wow, they they did that. Like that was, yeah. um, and honestly, I can see, like I can't imagine taking a kid to see this movie in theaters back in mm-hmm. the day. Um, especially like if you weren't really aware of what it was, like if you just kind of like blindly picked a PG rated movie. Yeah, that's um, like what happened at Blockbuster that day. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it's <laughs> it's not a great blind watch, I'm sure, for a parent. Um Yeah, no. Um, but also it's so fucking cool that it exists. Um mm-hmm. I I I know you have this whole thing uh many times on the pod in the past where you kind of bought things based off the movie. Mm-hmm. I wanna buy the book that this is based off of. Um Yeah. I remember uh, Neil Gaiman's a pretty cool guy, so. Yeah, I remember somebody that I knew in middle school was reading it, and I thought that was cool as fuck. They always had it at my um my library. Uh, I, like, I, because, like, the, the cover art is, like, very, um, that's canon. Like, seeing that cover art, like, just every so often in your childhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I never actually got it. Um, but now I actually want to read it. I heard it's like different, but not. Um, it's like not unfaithful, but it's not completely faithful either. It's kind of rides that middle ground. Yeah. Um, which just makes me want to read read the book even more. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm like starting to get more into reading um, as an English major, so I'm going to definitely start reading like a lot more books that like movies that I like are adapted from. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said before we were recording, I started reading Hell House and it's really interesting to see the 
differences because it isn't a direct adaptation. And in the production of Coraline, it's very much um, like an extended version of the book. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to have to read into it. I think there's also a graphic novel adaptation of it. That's um, probably awesome. Yeah, I think I might pick that up, honestly. Um, I've been getting a little bit more into like graphic novel adaptations of uh, books uh, here lately. I, I read mm-hmm. the Percy Jackson graphic novel, which is really fucking cool. Um, yeah. I read the first three, actually. Um, and that's not to go all my Percy Jackson bullshit, but uh, um, considering they never made the third movie, and even mm-hmm. if they did, it would have fucking sucked. Um, uh, just to see like these things that you read about as a kid, like visualized by like a professional artist, is like really fucking cool, and it makes me like excited for when they eventually get to do it on Disney Plus. Yeah, uh, not to be like a Disney bitch because I'm not really, I don't think. But um, at the same time, though, seeing something from your childhood like get like adapted mm-hmm. with a big budget, that's just fucking exciting. Um, yeah, books are cool. Yeah. Are good. Yeah. You know. <laughs> um also Dune, by the way. Uh just wanna say I'm proud of myself for reading that book. Um it took a lot out of me. I I came out of it a different man, quite frankly. It challenged me in ways I didn't know. I'm so glad you finished it. I'm genuinely proud of myself. I'm really proud um, of you. I did see the movie um was immaculate. It was it was it was a transcendent experience. Uh Especially seeing with uh, Sir Joseph Paul Salamone, uh, who had not read the book, and also loved it in equal measure, but I guess for different reasons. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Yeah, talk about a good adaptation. That's that's one of them. Especially if you're a worm stam like I am. <laughs> the funniest memes that I'll never get over. Who up playing with they worm? Yeah, a uh, friend of the pod, Sarah Hall, uh, sat next to me during Dune, and. Uh, before the movie started, she she workshopped it with me. She's like, I think I'm, that's gonna be my letterbox review. And I'm like, yeah, let's let's think about it. And then after she didn't go with that, but uh, yeah, we. But I thought of it as soon as the worm popped up in Doom for the first time. Who up playing with they worm? Yeah, who up playing with they worm? Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah, anything else on Coraline? I I feel like we. This always happens with good movies. We we get into it, and then. It's kind of hard to go further because it's just good. I mean, I got pretty deep into it. I don't really have any criticisms or memes about this movie. No, it's hard to make fun of, like, great fucking movies. Yeah, I think this is, like, the only movie where I cannot yeah. think of any one meme. Yeah, no, hard agree. Hard, hard fucking agree. Uh, yeah, great movie. Um Literally no issues with it. I genuinely feel like, and I'm not used to this on this pod, uh, it's going to kind of stick with me for a bit, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm glad I watched it. And I think, you know, if ever kids, this is when I want to show them, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a good one. Absolutely. Uh, well. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> That's all, folks. Uh, I'm currently searching Coraline on the Hot Topic website, by the way. That's I knew what... it. I knew you were going to make a purse purchase. Um, uh, so, yeah, we'll be back next week. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I just have to tune in to see what it is, but yeah, uh, uh, mostly because we don't know. We don't, uh, we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we'll uh, we'll be here. We're always here. Mm-hmm. Um, but speaking of being places, Kira, where can people find you? Oh my god! Wow, we really flipped it on its head this week. I'm going first. Yeah. You can follow me on Twitter at garlic emoji. And uh, follow us on Twitter at Zillennial Canon on Instagram at the Zillennial Canon. Um, yeah, if you have to follow me, which you really don't, but if you want to, uh, Twitter at Adam underscore not Sandler. Uh, voicemail is pinned on our Twitter page. Um, send us voicemails if you uh, have thoughts on the movie of the week or you want advice on anything. Or if you just want to talk about uh, the weather or something, we'll listen. Yeah. yeah. We love, um, I don't know, we love when people talk to us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, folks. Well, uh-huh. stay, uh, stay on the real side of the astral plane and not on the parallel universe. And don't mm-hmm. get lured in by a MILF. So... <laughs> You really saved that for the end. Yeah. Bye, guys. Bye.